Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. Thanks, Matthew. <clears throat> well, the theme is, is set for the day. Uh, thankfulness is the theme. And the Lord began to uh, stir my heart for this, um, to share this message with you uh, three, four weeks ago. And um, so I'm going to share a story or two. And we're going to talk about how to be thankful, how to set our hearts to be thankful before the Lord. Sound good? Okay, I preach better if I can get an amen or a oh yeah, or that's a good point. So uh, if you want to help me out with that, that just kind of um, keeps it not such a boring dialogue. How's that? But uh, a, a few days ago, I was out in my uh, garage and I was uh, just looking at my bicycle that was hanging there on the wall, and the Lord gave me this message. And so, anyway, that's what it's going to be about. It's going to be about a bicycle. But uh, I do want you to know this message of thankfulness uh, is a message for me. I'm actually preaching to myself as I preach to you, and hopefully we'll all get something out of it. But we in modern-day America are, are very blessed. Would you agree? To live in America in these days and time, in these days and this time is incredible, and we're one of the wealthiest nations that's ever lived. In fact, uh, the net worth per household in America is something like $176,000. And uh, by contrast, uh, places like Hungary, I know some of you uh, minister there, 23000 Poland, 15000 Mexico, $4,600. Wow. It's incredible, isn't it, how blessed we are. In fact, we pay people to keep us from eating so much because there's so much food that we have to eat it. It's just everywhere. We throw out 40% of the food that's produced in America. We throw it out on our plates. Just don't finish it. It's incredible uh, the, just the, the lavishness that the Lord has poured out on us. And, um, and so I want to talk about that for a minute. This generation has more stuff Think about it. When you have household net worth, what do you do with it? You buy stuff. Generally, that's the Dallas mentality, but I'm not picking on us. I'm just saying that we have gotten in so much uh, into consumerism, and we've gotten into stuff. And uh, so, so you think, uh, you know, we're so blessed that you think, well, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do all these things. I want the Lord to give me money. Because if, I'm, if I have money, I'll be blessed and I'll be happy. Some of you already uh, I've had money and it didn't make me happy. But I will tell you, uh, if you give me a choice, set right here, I'll take the money. I've done a base, I've done a bound. I'll take the money because I, I really love all of the things that money can do, all of the things that you can do with money. Um, it, for your family to bless others, to go to the ends of the earth, and all the things Matthew just mentioned. But either way, I, I don't find it to be the, um, true that when if you work and you strive your, your whole life and you get money, then you're finally happy. Uh, in fact, I found it to be just the opposite, that you'll either be happy with or without money, depending on the attitude you have about who God is in your life. And you know my message is the same every time I get up here, that God loves you. The Father is a good Father, and He wants to pour His blessings out. So go on this journey with me. The reality is our society in general is stressed out. Y'all agree? 
I literally was looking at my phone the other day at a stop sign. I thought the person behind me was going to hit me first and then kill me. Laying on that horn and waving at me all kinds of ways. It was crazy. Stressed out, just about to wig out. And it's just that people are so stressed. They're just so, you know, like hamsters on a wheel. And um, so what the people of God need to uh, be there to, to show them the way. If money and, and blessings uh, bring joy, then we ought to be the most joyful people in the world. We're the most joyful people. We, we've gotten everything that the, even generations before us or other countries or people of all time have never had. Y'all agree? You know, even the kings in their palaces didn't, you know, have a Maytag washer and dryer. Come on. Stuff. We've got stuff everywhere. Um, so, people are stressed out. They're filled with anxiety. They're generally trying to move uh, God out of every sphere of our government and of our land. Have you noticed that? You know, they can't even have it in God we trust. I mean, everywhere you go, they're, oh, you can't have, no, no, that's God. That's, that's favoring one group over here. Are you serious? Is the God that made all of this, now he's just one of uh, the, the, the entities that has to stand in line to see which way the court of the land's going to fall? Come on, people. Something's off, and we got to get it fixed. And I believe we have the key to it right in front of us. This is not a new challenge. It's just our challenge. It's new to us because we're a new generation on the planet. But think about it, even back in the old days, there's story after story after story of how Israel uh, began to uh, be blessed by God. He loves to pour out the best he has for them, and he would pour it out, and they would just be so happy for about 15 minutes, and then they begin to not need him, and they begin to prefer everything else other than the Lord. Y'all remember? It was a roller coaster ride, and he said, then the king was evil, you know? And good kings went bad, didn't they? I mean, think about all the Bible stories you learned in, in, uh, over here in Bible uh, when you were a child or when you were younger. The Bible stories of, of great men. Um, you know, you, you can just go down the list. Saul was a great uh, guy for a while. But even he got jealous of David and what, he ended up trying to kill him and turned into uh, not a very good leader. And David, I mean, he, he was looking over his neighbor's fence, wasn't he? And that got him in a lot of trouble. Even Solomon. I mean, you can go down the list of our heroes, and uh, that didn't work out so well either toward the end of his life. The, the thing is, you know, he had wives from everywhere. The Lord told him not to do that. Guess what happened? The exact thing the Lord said, which always comes true, came true. Now they begin to weave other gods in there and, and, and pollute the, the, the bloodline and whatnot. All I'm saying is, is that God's ways are the best. Now, just like the Jews, we begin to complain and focus on all that God hasn't done for us instead of what He has done for us. You know, uh, one of the products I sell in the, in the finance uh, at, at car dealerships is a door dent protection. You get a door dent in your car and we take it out for you, as many as you want, for five years. But one of the things you notice right away is that 99.9% .9 of that car is perfect, but you got that one ding in the side of the door, and that's where your eye goes every time you walk out to that vehicle. Yes. That one door ding. It's like, no, but it's almost perfect. It doesn't matter. I see that ding every time I walk out there. 
That's why I'm, that, that product sells like it does in record number. We focus on what God hasn't done. That one thing, that one thing that's not perfect, not all of the other things that he's done. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The Lord's telling us, be thankful for everything I'm giving you. I'm pouring it all out to you. Be thankful for it. So the story of the bike. I'm sitting there, I was working on something in the garage, and I noticed, I looked up, and there was that bike. A few years ago, uh, maybe, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, a long time ago, uh, a friend of mine um, rode bicycles all the time, and he um, got ready for a new bike, and uh, he knew I didn't have one, so he says, hey, I want to give you my old bike. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind having a bike, actually, a road bike it was. You know, you go out, ride long distance on it. And I'm like, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll pay you for it. What do you want for it? And he goes, no, 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 I just want to bless you. I'm just going to give it to you. So anyway, uh, he gave me the bike, and, uh, you know, I got a couple new tires on it, and we started riding together. Now, it was the old school. It had the ram's horn, you know, rounded, you know, deal, and the and the down tube shifters where you had leaves and push that thing up if you've ever had one of those it was an aluminum steel frame but it got the job done and uh, the gears worked on it and I, and I rode that thing thousands of miles I was so thankful for it if number one because he just gave it to me could have given it to anyone it had some value but I was just thankful for it but several years went by and I'm riding bikes and all and we started to do quite a few events and things and I noticed that when I would ride that bike uh, there were a lot of people that had always noticed it not favorably. They're like, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, they'd be riding up to me and say, that hey, nice bike. <laughs> or how long you had that thing? <laughs> and so I'm like, well, yeah, maybe I ought to consider, you know, getting a new bike. See, that bike wasn't good enough anymore. I wasn't that thankful for it because I started comparing it with the guy that rode up beside me. Those nice bikes, man, they were all painted. They had the big frames, the big handlebars that are more comfortable. You just shift by just thinking about it almost. You just touch it. <laughs> These things are nice. I mean, they can pull hills. No more leaning down there and grabbing the ram's horn. I mean, these things got beautiful. So suddenly, you know, I had to have one. So I went out and dropped a small fortune on a Fuji. And I mean, 105 gear, if you know what I'm talking about, this thing is smooth as a Cadillac. And I got out, I started riding that thing. I went up to do the Hotter Than Hell 100, rode that thing 100 miles in the heat. Started doing the goat neck, other events around, riding fast races and up and down hills. And uh, it was awesome. But then, kind of the new wore off, you know, no longer when I would ride, I would, would I bring it back in and dust everything and shine the rims and hang it just right so I didn't nick the frame. I just kind of hung it up there. And with my busy schedule, I didn't visit that bike very much. And then finally, it kind of hit me the other day when there it was hanging there with two flat tires covered in dust. The thing that I admired so much has suddenly become, yeah, not much of a blessing to me. Isn't that interesting? The bike didn't change. Something else had to change, right? Well, 
So I started looking around the garage, and there were other things as well. There was a volleyball net. Man, I love to play volleyball. There it was. And uh, the horseshoes were there, and a dartboard, and my golf clubs. By the way, I've lived on the golf course for the last five years. I'm glad we bought a house on, out there on the golf course. I've never played the course, not one time. But I had to have that golf course lot. So I'm going to play it, Rick. <laughs> on the 12th, I'm going to play that. I was so excited and thankful. But then as things go, go along, they just kind of sit there and gather dust. In fact, it dawned on me that I'm so busy acquiring things that I don't even have time to play with what I already got. Anybody, can anybody say amen to that? You got so much stuff that you don't know whether to go to your place here or do that or go there or there. And my latest ones, I noticed my helmets to my, my latest thing that I'm super excited about, my dirt bikes and my four-wheeler. I'm still very excited about that. But when will it be that we don't get out there anymore and use them? See, the promise is that stuff is going to make you happy. But I haven't found that to be true. I believe we are always disappointed by comparison. You know, my, my bike rides like a Cadillac, but I know a guy that's got one that rides like a Rolls Royce. Are y'all following me here? So what do we do? Well, I believe that stuff is good. The, the message I'm saying is, is I really believe it's really great to receive those blessings with thanksgiving. But when's the last time I thank the Lord for that bike? It's been a long time. Back when I first got it, maybe. So I just believe that we need to hear a message on thank, being thankful. I mean, if God's poured out all of this and there's no other source I know of that could have, then we need to be thankful for everything we have. When we're focused on everything God has done for us, instead of everything He hasn't done, we need to meditate on that. We don't always do it naturally. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, be thankful for this. And this, that's the kind of message it is today. I want to remind you, be thankful for everything He's given us and everything He's done for us. You know, Israel had a problem when they, when they were saved, when they were rescued. They complained and murmured about everything. First of all, they were afraid that God was going to let them get killed, you know. Oh my gosh, why did you lead us right into a river we can't cross? I mean, so he takes care of that one. Then the enemies are chasing them. So he takes care of that one. And it goes on and on and on. I don't like this food. It's just, man, it tastes like sweet coriander seed or something. I don't even like coriander. It's terrible. Can you give us some quail or something different? Just complaining. I thought there's not enough water in this place. Complaining and murmuring, I believe, stopped their blessing. Do you know? Do you believe that? I believe scripturally you, you can see that he doesn't like that. So when we complain and murmur about our current situation, that ding in our car, everything else is awesome, but I believe it steals God's joy over it. Really do, over the blessing. 
Um, at the, at the, in the heart of man, there's a caution, there's, there's covetousness, uh, and, and it's a really big deal if you live where we live and do what we do, that there's a lot of um, pressure to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. And uh, a lot of you young people, I want to talk to you young people and young families, or come to me, you're stressed out sometimes because we just don't make enough. And this is not coming in, and we're worried about our promise and all this. Look, let me say something to you. You do not have to go get the best apartment in town. You're just starting out. You got a $2,300 rent on your budgets and stuff. I'm just telling you, you can go crazy based on what others are spending. Well, so-and-so, they, I mean, they just got married. They got it. You don't have to have that stuff. Start out easy. You wait, wait till you get a little back and then, uh, you know, go buy you a house. And we're going to talk about some of these things in that financial school that, that Matthew is talking about. But you think you have to get the debt and go do all this stuff. You don't have to do that. Don't put that stress and, and hurt on your, you know, but just brings a lot of problems. You know, all you need is a place big enough to put a bed in there. Okay, that's it. Get an efficiency. It doesn't have to be in uptown in a high rise. Are y'all with me? Okay, so let's talk about covetousness. Covetousness, like um, the Lord was so, uh, he knew this would happen. He knows everything. He knew that we would likely fall into covetousness. So he made it one of the top 10. It was one of the biggest hits back in the day. Exodus 20:17. And I paraphrase, do not covet your neighbor's house or his wife or his servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. A donkey is like your car and an ox I guess it'd be like your tractor. Do not covet your neighbor's tractor. If any of you are doing that, I want you to stand up. We're going to go ahead and Unless he's got a grant, if he's got a John Deere, I mean, I can kind of understand that. But anything else? No Mahindra, okay? <clears throat> now, I'm not talking about believing God's promises in faith. That's right and just. God's given you promises. Believe for them. Let's don't murmur and complain and kill your promise. I'm talking about having covetousness, comparison that can lead to the lack of joy. And even though we're so rich, we got all that stuff in our garage, you know, we're upset because we don't have a, a dirt bike and a four-wheeler yet. Are you all with me? We have to be thankful for what God's given us. And I'm just talking about phys uh, things in the natural now. I'm not talking about the spiritual things. If we get this right, then it will apply to the spiritual things as well. Do not allow your joy to be stolen by the enemy because he accuses God 24-7, doesn't he? God is not good or God is not on time or he's given others more than you. See, God's not fair in our way of thinking. God gives one person ten talents. He gives the other person one talent. Well, that's not right. I've been working in this field all day long, and I've, 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 in the heat of the day, I was out here working in it. You're going to give this guy the same wage as me? But are we to sit and tell God, 
what to do with his own money. Who owns it all? God does. Psalm 100, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Do you all agree with that? We did it this morning, didn't we? When we praise him, when we put him first, when we begin to be thankful for it, guess what happens to our hearts? We're not sleepy anymore. We're not sorry we're here. We're not, uh, we start to get excited. We start to get in touch. We start to find our real selves, our true selves, that joy center that makes us uh, people that others would want to be like. Y'all agree? As Jesus was demonstrating the power of communion, look at this. He first gave what? He gave thanks. For both the bread and wine, which are symbols, of course, of his body and blood. So when he gave thanks, he transferred the earthly reality in the spiritual realm. It gave supernatural strength and protection. When he demonstrated communion, he gave thanks. Something supernatural ha happened to the earthly elements. It brings us back to the, just the simple message of what God did for us at the cross. His body and blood changed it all in the, in the spiritual. Same applied when he gave thanks for the fishes and loaves, and he split those in Mark 8, 6. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks. He broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. When he had given thanks, the two fish and the five loaves, he transferred what was a limited resource into the kingdom spiritual realm. When we, when we change our, our money, our provision from the physical earthly realm into the kingdom realm by dedicating it to the Lord, it actually changes dominion. It works, doesn't it? How many can say that works, that you've actually had experience trying that? If you hadn't tried that, like sowed for uh, kingdom finances, like done it God's way, you ought to do it. It works. All these people are saying it works. All right, so um, let me tell you about a friend of mine. Uh, he just told me this story this week. Um, but a friend of mine uh, is a very smart man. He's a very good businessman. I, I really look up to him. And over 30-some years, he's built a, a company and, and turned what he had, which was nothing when he started out. He just started out, um, with, you know, just went to work for a place and built it up and finally got a piece of a deal and then got, you know, turned it into a lot of businesses. And um, he's a very wealthy man, and he could have retired many years ago, but he, he's like, you know, I really uh, thought about it, but he said, I really wanted to have my kids involved and, you know, kind of a way for us to stay together and leave something for them. And so anyway, he, um, he uh, put them to work in the business and whatnot, gave them good jobs and paid them well. But he also started sharing uh, some of the, just the profits with them. I mean, he's like got more than they'll ever spend in several lifetimes and they're going to get it anyway, you know. So he's, he starts to bless the kids. And um, so anyway, I ran into him that day and, and he was, um, seemed to be a little bit down. And I said, hey, how you doing? He said, oh, I've had better days. I've never heard him say anything negative like that. He's always just in a good mood and everything. And I'm like, what's going on? And he goes, uh, he said, well, and he opened up. He'd, I don't remember him ever being this transparent with me. He said, well, he said, you know, for years I've been letting the kids have some of that money. And 
I just, you know, it's just mailbox money. I just send it to them. And he said, uh, they sent me down uh, yesterday and had a talk with me and let me know that what I've been giving them is not enough. Yeah. And he said, he said, John, he said, I left that meeting. He said, I felt like an ATM machine after that. He said, it just killed me. And I'm like, man, I don't even know what to say to that, you know. Um, anyway, it hurt him so deeply because he, you know, here all this time, he, his joy was full because he was able to bless them. And they're like, well, you know, we've got these things and we want to do this. I know one of them. Uh, anyway, I won't go into it. But anyway, the, the point is it killed his joy. It stole his joy uh, for blessing them. And don't we do that, you know, with God? Just like, oh, God, thanks for the car, but I really don't like Fords that much. Can you give me an import, like a late model, I like, you know? Are y'all with me? Like, if you don't have a car, you want a car. You don't care what that car is. Oh, I won't drive anything that looks like that. Well, you will too. If you're walking, you'll drive anything that'll run. You might go at night where nobody can see it, but I'll promise you, you'll drive it. Get me a bike. I like that. See, they didn't appreciate his gift. And, and I wonder if God really, you know, Ron, I know that he's, God's emotional. God cares. God cares about every little detail of our lives. How do you think he feels when he, we snub his gift? By not being thankful for it. Or we forget his gift. We forget his gratefulness. We should position our hearts to give a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Sometimes we, are, we have real natural or real spiritual things that happen to us, and I'm not making light of that. But you can always find blessing if you look for it. Maybe we've been afflicted with a bad disease, or we've lost a loved one that's close to us, or any number of things. We've lost our businesses, lost our provision. But I will tell you this, if you look for it, there is a blessing. Just even having the air we breathe to live in a place like this with clean water to drink, for goodness sake, is so much greater than some of the places we go. My son's in Southeast Asia right now, and these kids, they, he sent me a picture of these little kids. Uh, they're actually, they have a school and they all had uniforms. I don't know about you homeschoolers, but a lot of you, when you had to wear those uniforms, when you went out to the, to, to the co-op, ah, it's just ridiculous to have to wear this stupid uniform like everybody else has on. But these kids were so excited that they had uniforms, beautiful, clean clothes pressed by their mother. Come on now. That was thankfulness I saw in those kids as they were singing their hearts out to Jesus. So a sacrifice of thanksgiving. You know, there were sacrifices, regular sacrifices for thanksgiving back in the old days, weren't there? And they said, the Lord said, give it with a, um, with a cheerful heart, basically. A full heart. We got to position our hearts to give a sacrifice of thanksgiving and receive his benefits with thanksgiving. Leviticus twenty two twenty nine, and when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it of your own free will. Lord, I'm thankful. Thank you. I bless you. If you find yourself struggling in life, disappointed with where you are, looking over your neighbor's fence, he's got better. 
God's blessed him. If you're frustrated or discouraged, make yourself stop and look around you until you can find something to be thankful for and grateful for. It absolutely changes you. You cannot stop yourself from changing when you're thankful and grateful. It just, it just breaks the power of the enemy. Because the enemy, I'll tell you, the enemy's got an agenda too. He's the same old stuff he used on Israel, the same old stuff he used on Eve. It's the same stuff, but it's, he's cunning and crafty. And it's working on us, and it's working on our society, and it's working on our city, and it's even working on us individually. So we want to stop it. We already know his, his game plan. The devil will always accuse God of holding back blessings from us. He's going to keep us focused on our lack instead of our blessing. We're looking at that one dent. He's going to keep us in comparison, which always steals our joy. People do not get into comparison. If you do, your joy will be stolen. Be thankful for what you have. Bless your neighbor that has more. That's great. And bless, literally bless the one who has less. Give. In Honduras, you can take three iPhones. Who, who has an iPhone in here? I'm not going to make you give it to me. I saw uh, 12 to 15 houses built. Three, every three uh, iPhones will build a new house in Honduras. Trace and I built a house for somebody who was 3600 bucks. $3,600 for a house. Does that put it in perspective? My goodness, it's crazy. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. He put that there for a reason. He knew that you were subject to need that guarding. Guarding from whom? Who do we have to guard our hearts and our minds from? The enemy. You were born on the battlefield. There is an enemy that wants to take you out. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up as soon as you can. Um, so you have a real adversary. And if you let him speak words over you, speak to you, he's going to get you thinking about everything you don't have instead of what you do. Get you focused on that one thing. I may have told this story before, but it's one of my favorite stories. It was, um, it was really a, a, an amazing um, time in my life. I, 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 got a, I got something out of this, but I, got, I used to get to do a lot of fun things when I was in the car business, per se, go to these track events and stuff. I was in uh, Arizona at Bob Bondurant, who's a professional race car driver. I was at his driving school, and I got to drive these fast cars and everything. And um, so these professional race car drivers put you in the car, and they drive like a maniac. I mean, they're so good at it. And you're just, I mean, you're stomping the floorboard at first when you first get in there at how fast they're going and how close they get to the car in front of them. That's what really got to me. You'd be going 120, 150 miles an hour, and you're, it literally seems like you're touching the car in front of you. And, uh, but anyway, he, they'd take you on what they call hot laps and everything, and then they'd say, all right, big boy, it's your turn. And I'm like, yeah, because I do love some adventure. I do love it. And so I got in there, and man, here I'm going, and I'm having a good time, and I peel through those corners, and then there's the wall. 
at the long straightaway, at the end of that long straightaway, the only thing I could see was this great big wall. For the people that slide off the track, they're just going to smack it. And as I began to get closer and closer to that wall, he took his hand and he put it right here, made a blinder and pushed my head around the corner like this. And he said, if you look at that wall, you know what you're going to hit? And I said, that wall. He said, don't ever look at the wall. Look at the track. Can we get a, somebody say, hello, Jesus? <clears throat> Thankfulness keeps our hearts connected to the Lord in humility. Every good thing you have came from the Father. Everything you have came from our triune God. That's it. It creates supernatural provision for our lives to be thankful. It reminds us that all Christ has done, not what he hasn't. And there, I, I want to issue a call to action, if you will. In all things, give thanks. I watched in a Christian movie last night. They're getting better, you know. <laughs> At some point, you don't care about the acting anymore. It's just like, there's a good message on that. But, um, but it's like, in all things, praise God, you know. I'm not one that goes around, um, oh, wait, I've got a flat tire. Praise God, you know. I'm usually not that guy. But I'm like, you know what? I got a spare tire. Praise God. Trust God. Replace the anxiety, the stresses of life that are basically the absence of faith that God is who He says He is. And let's begin to appropriate the love of the Father in our lives. That we know we have a good Father. All good gifts come from Him. He can't wait to bless us. And I really wonder what He'll do in this church if we position our heart with thankfulness. There's no murmuring and complaining. Our words are clean and, and our words are aligned with His Word. I really believe that we're a, a ten-talent church. I really do. I really believe that God is going to pour out not one talent. He's already given more than that. But he's going to be pouring out more and more blessings as he knows we're mature enough to handle it. Because God is all about multiplication. His kingdom is about multiplying. He told us to go forth and multiply. Everything about God's deal is growing and multiplication and making more out of something. Even as Matthew shared the story about the, about the jars and how the widow was obedient with what she had and how he turned it into great wealth for her, even set her up for life. Stop worrying about what you don't have and be thankful for what you do. That's what I'm saying. That's the call to action today. <clears throat> I love this worship team. Can you all give them a hand, please? I'm thankful for every one of you. 
and um, they were honoring Mallory this morning. The first time I ever saw Mallory uh, was at Arts Night. You remember? <laughs> and I was like, we had a, a, a little tiny stage over there. We were thankful for it, too. But we had a little tiny stage. And one day, somebody got the bright idea, you know, with all these artists in the house and everything, we're going to have an arch night, you know. And everybody brought their paintings and their stuff and their molds and their all kinds of stuff, food. I mean, they had all kinds of stuff. With, you can make art out about just any, anything. But, but there was Mallory up on the stage singing a song. And I'm like, who in the world is that? I don't know how old you were. You weren't very old. I was about 10 Maybe years 20. ago. Maybe 20 years old. And she's up there. Um, I don't even think you were that old. But anyway, she was <laughs> singing this beautiful song. And it's the first time I ever saw her sing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But she's been with us a long time. She's 21 now. <laughs> um, you never ask a woman how old she is. <laughs> anyway, we're thankful for every one of y'all and time that you put in here and all that. You got her handsome husband and everything out of it. But that's all right. Um, I'm going to ask you, what are you thankful for? You know, I asked the Lord this morning, you know. Well, I'm thankful that I'm literally going to be alive forever. Forever. Like with no termination of that. None of us, can t none of us have any idea what forever is, by the way. I could talk with you about this sermon 10,000 years from tonight, from today. We might talk about it and say, yeah, man, you really messed up on that line there. Uh, why didn't you say this? We, we'll be talking about what we do on earth, guys, for, for eternity. It's important what we do. It's important how we carry ourselves. I'm talking to me. I said this already. I'm preaching to me. It's important how we carry ourselves. Well, i tell you this. If you'll say yes to the Lord and you'll be thankful... He'll do miracles. You're looking at one. You wouldn't have known me before. I was so into the world. I was so in making money and all. Lost it all. Every bit of it. And then some. And then a lot, actually. It took me several years. It took me 15 years to pay back what I lost. My wife's preaching on a stage in South Dakota today. A couple of people that live life. I mean, you talk about knowing how to do life the other way. We did it. Not proud of that. It's a miracle we're here. What are you thankful for? Who are you thankful for? What have you demanded from God saying He's not doing enough for you? I want you to stand and gather in groups of four or five. I want you to pray for each other. I want you to pray. And just talk to God about this. About thankfulness. Just four or five. Just grab. It doesn't matter. Just who it, who it is. Just begin to praise. The worship team plays over us.